Hello there. We want to invite you in. Thank you for joining us to all of the listeners that have found a way to us this week. We just want you to know that we welcome you here. We hope that you can just relax and let the cares of this world melt away for just a little bit and to be present with us and join with us and hear what the Lord has in store for you. I pray that it ministers to your heart and your soul and your spirit this week and that whenever you're done listening that you'd be just a little bit more refreshed that the weight of this world and all of the darkness that's around us and all of the scary things in this world, that it would be silenced for just a little bit, that you'd be able to peel back that layer of fear and anxiety and stress and dread and let it just go away and that you'd be able to just bask in the presence of the Lord for a few minutes with us. So thank you so much. We're so glad you're here. Um, I'm so excited. We have wonderful things prepared for you for this week. I've got Janelle Coy sharing her testimony. It's such a beautiful testimony and we're glad to have her and Abby Bailey sharing on an orphan spirit. So just really excited. Hope that we can just dive right in and you guys can enjoy what we have. So friends, it is a special treat to get to introduce my friend, my co-laborer in Christ to you this week. Janelle Coy is a dear friend of mine. She serves alongside me with Whispers of Hope. She was one of the first on the team. She started this journey with us when we were just going into one club in Nashville. And she's part of the expansion of to um, Bowling Green. She's leading that team. It's such an awesome thing to get to see the ways that the Lord continues to grow and expand our territory, and particularly using Janelle. Janelle's got some exciting things going on in her life. She's overcome so much. She is just so precious to me, and it is such an honor to get to have her on. So without any further ado, here's Janelle. All right, so welcome in listeners. We are here with Janelle Coy. I'm so excited that she's here and sharing her testimony with us here today. Janelle, you're so bold and so beautiful. You exude confidence and strength, power. You're a fierce, God-loving wife and a wise mother. It's an absolute joy for me to get to work alongside you. And I only know this version of you, but there's a different part to your story that helped mold you into who you are today. Would you like to share a little bit with us? about your background and what made you get to here. Yes, I would. Thank you, Sally, for taking the time to not only give women like myself an opportunity to have a voice, um, but to tell our story in um, hopes that it will bring hope and light Mm -hmm. to women who need it and who desire it. Um, I was born into a family that loved Jesus, went to church. I'm the oldest of three girls. Um, I like to say that my upbringing was the white picket fence because it looked really pretty from the outside. Went to church. Uh, My mom was a praise and worship leader. My dad served as a deacon at one time. 
We went to Christian school, um, had the picnics and the gatherings, and uh, what took place behind the white picket fence was a different story. Mm -hmm. I was born to into my uh, family uh, to an unwed mother and father. My mother sustained uh, quite a bit of abuse and trauma herself from her father. Generationally, there was a lot of, of sexual abuse and addiction within my family on both sides. Uh, I was much closer to my mom's side of the family. I was the oldest, and my uh, aunts and uncles were younger. They were teenagers, so I was some sort of a... Um, uh, not a, a, a play doll, but they would take me to school, right. their high school, dress me up. So I was around them a lot. And uh, when I was four, a family member uh, on my mom's side molested me. And at that point, when a young child is sexually abused it opens up and awakens hormones that are not natural for that age right and it also uh it also opened up fear so not only did i have unnatural sexual desires at an early age i also was extremely fearful of men mm -hmm. except for my dad's dad, my Papa Silva, and my father. I was very close to my dad. Um, I always considered myself a daddy's girl. <laughs> and so up until um, I was 13, I was sexually curious, but not with boys. Um, I would avoid being alone with men at all. Like if I was babysitting or whatnot, I um, would say, oh, my dad's picking me up or my mom and I would walk home mm -hmm. just to avoid being in the same car with them. Not that they were bad, but that was my fear. And uh, I was, I grew up strong-willed. Um, I was born with a fire in my belly. Uh, I walked at an early age, and so I was a challenge from the womb, mm -hmm. you know, for my mother. My mother is much more, she was very shy and more uh, of an introvert. And so I was very misunderstood growing up. Uh, they mis mistook my behavior, my rebellion. Um, they thought it was rebellion, when it, which it was actually... Um, brokenness and trauma that was occurring in my life at an early age. Mm -hmm. At 13, I uh, had gone away to a uh, friend's cabin, and um, it was New Year's Eve, and um, I was raped by a 23-year-old man mm. at 13, and at that point, I it's amazing what the mind does and what it's capable of doing to, to protect you mm -hmm. from emotions and trauma and incidences that you cannot psychologically handle. Right. Mostly because of my age, but and also because of the trauma that was already pre-existing. Mm -hmm. And so for a year, I blocked that out and I found myself um, 
allowing anything and everyone to do what they wanted to me. And at 13, that puts me at, I guess I was the end of my eighth grade year going into my freshman year. So um, I sustained a quite a bit, uh, quite a bit of abuse during that time. And it, it was high school boys, so they didn't know what they were doing. I, I didn't know what I, I didn't understand why, why I was allowing these things to happen to me. But in the realm of what is what was being done with me, it was a form of abuse, although that wasn't the intentions necessarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents ended up uh, putting me in a psychiatric ho- hospital and that, that um, just catapulted things into a very bad direction. I ended up running away. They sent me away to a boarding school, and that was a two-year, um, I call it my, the Lord kind of plucked me out of the earth, mm-hmm. not out of the earth, out of my life, and right. put me in boarding school, and it was safe. Mm-hmm. I was um, I was able to slow down and be able to, to put a finger on, okay, this is why I did this, this is why. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen. Um, I was 16, and I remember the reality of realizing I wasn't going to spend the rest of my life in eternity with Jesus, and that not only terrified me, but it made me so sad. And so that night, I accepted Him as my Savior. I began to um, read my Bible and learn the promises mm-hmm. and who I was. I did the best with what I had at the time. Right. Ended up going back home, went back home to the same thing I had left. And so not having the tools I needed and my parents and my family not having the tools they needed, um, it only lasted a few months and I ended up running away. Ran away at 17. Um, that was in December, and by July, uh, August, I was pregnant with my first daughter, mm-hmm. Megan, and married two weeks after I turned 18, because, you know, at 18, you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the answers. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so by 19, I, I was pregnant again, mm-hmm. and by 20, I had two beautiful daughters, Megan and Maisie. Uh, the marriage didn't last long, as still dealing with brokenness. You know, it's kind of the snowball effect. I was married to a, uh, my uh, ex-husband, was a cheater as well as a alcoholic. And so trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. Right. Um, betrayal, rejection, abandonment, everything that was spoke over me by the enemy and the womb uh, just began to magnify and become larger and larger. So my behavior was very erratical. It was very unsafe. Um, I had no self-respect. I didn't understand my identity um, because I never knew my identity. Right. And but at 27, I met a, a girl and I was probably complaining about money. And she said, well, I'm going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you like to make some extra money? And what single mom doesn't want to make extra money? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, I'm a country girl. I I didn't even have the the mind of what a, a strip club was. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what they were, what it was about. I mean, it, it just I didn't grow up knowing about that. And I guess you know, in the 80s and 90s, 
strip clubs aren't how you see them now. That's right. Corners, flashing lights, yeah. this and that, and and so I went to Vegas, and um, it was Mother's Day weekend, and I want to say 2000, 2001. I don't know the exact year, but anyways, what it was going to be just a short term thing turned into fourteen years. Mm. And in those 14 years, the level of addiction that um, I was operating in or, or not operating in, um, the level of abuse that I was al- allowing to be done to me, because a lot of people think that you go into this, oh, well, you're, you're willing. You're paying to work there. My brokenness my trauma, my lack of identity, my fear, my rejection and my abandonment were all on the forefront making those decisions. No but no little girl wakes up and is like, I'm gonna let this be done to me. Right. And as the price point gets higher, the um the requests get more um outrageous. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, um, I think for my story, one of the most difficult things, and I'm still working through, is to admit the reality that I became involved in prostitution. Mm-hmm. And because you have this uh, stigma, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what that is. And you mm-hmm. picture somebody on a street corner and right. these fishnets and... Right. And it's not like that. It's fancy shopping trips. It's um, a new car. It's a new handbag. It's a hotel. It's a vacation. It's all the allure that the world's trying to sell right now that, you know, that it's everything that you want wrapped inside of it. Yeah. And it looks pretty. Mm -hmm. And I guess at that point they would say escort or call girl. Mm -hmm. But no matter how you get or how you say it or how you label it, the core of it is that you're selling your body. And what you get in return for that is emptiness, continued trauma, and and your self-esteem becomes in the negative, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if it couldn't get any worse, well, it can. Mm-hmm. So um, during that time of 14 years, I did meet my wonderful husband. Amen. <laughs> He is, um, I always said it would take one heck of a man to marry me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My dad said that as well. <laughs> um, and so I got married. We had a beautiful son, our son Jaden. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to get out of the place where I was working and in the core of where my my dance history was, Mm -hmm. we decided to move back to California. We were up in the Northwest at that time. Moved back to California and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'm gonna find myself, I'm gonna be back home, my homeland, you know, there's a sense of security and safety when Mm -hmm. you go home, quotations. Mm -hmm. And um, well, those demons were waiting for me then and a whole bunch of rest of them. And um, after a, a few very traumatic situations uh, within my, my marriage, I decided uh, it was time to quit. Mm-hmm. So after 14 years, I, era- I got a new phone number, erased every regular out of my phone. I basically took myself off the map. Wow. And, and during that time, um, 
you're forced to face things mm-hmm. and, and, it and that takes that an amazing amount of self-discipline as well and when those calls start coming in not to answer the phone not to go back yeah not to see the light bill mm-hmm. not to i mean i know this sounds really and there's always that carrot out there dangling in front of you there's always that one thing that bill that one thing that you know you could go back and work a night and get it taken care right. of there's always that i couldn't go to the mall yeah. I couldn't go to the mall because I couldn't see the handbags. And I know that sounds really superficial, but when you're transitioning from one identity to the next, but you have no identity of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would cling to the voice of Jesus during these times. Mm-hmm. Jesus was with me right. the whole time. Yes. There were times I could not. There's like that one point in your brain where you're like, I'm going to go to the other side of what I'm feeling. And I don't know what that looks like. And that terrifies me because Mm -hmm. I've been stranded. I have been in situations that were dangerous. Uh, The fact that I'm still here is a miracle. (laughs) Um, But Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. I would say his name over and over and over. It would put me to sleep. It would comfort me. That's what I had during that time. And, um, and so once I made that decision, um, I, the, and the last major incident that happened that catapulted me into the decision to recommit, dedicate my life to, to my father in heaven was a, um, near overdose and I woke up hooked up to IVs in a hospital and spent um, a week in a psychiatric hospital again mm-hmm. and that is when I met my um, was reacquainted with my 13 year old younger self mm-hmm. and that's when the Lord said you have two choices you can follow me but I'm not going to let you live this way anymore mm-hmm. and to me what I heard was life or death right and I walked out of that psychiatric hospital with my, um, my eight-year-old son and my husband mm-hmm. waiting for me. And I knew that for my family, my children, that I had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And I did. Amen. Well, thank you for your courage and transparency to share that part of your story. Um, When you were transitioning your life, um, what would you say, looking back, was the hardest part after you left about rebuilding? What I, the image I have um, in my mind right now was when I got home and I, I had rededicated, I had gone to a church, a girlfriend had invited me to church, and mm-hmm. I went and uh, rededicated my life. I went up to the front to get prayer, and I will never forget the pastor looking at me and saying, the Lord wants you to know everything is about to change. <laughs> everything. And I, I knew what it meant, but... I don't think we ever really know what oh, it no, means. no, no, no. <laughs> because he says in his word, our ways are not his ways. That's his right. ways are higher than ours. Yes. His thoughts are higher than ours. So yes. as much as we may think, oh, this big 
plan I have. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Well, and I know for me personally, most of the time, I'm so glad that I didn't know because I don't think that I would be able to go through some of the things. But he knows what we can handle and what we can't. So he gives us just a little bit at a time oh, what we goodness. can take and what we're ready for. <laughs> and I think sometimes if I had known what I was going to have to walk through, I would have never taken the first step. But oh, he knows a that. A million percent. You know, yeah. A million percent. That is so insightful. Um, There's a quote by Ian McLaren that says, Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. And I think that that just really resonates with me when I hear the courage and the tenacity that you've had and that it takes for every woman that's wanting to rebuild their life. Maybe not even from dancing or from, you know, whatever. Any type of sin that keeps you in bondage from Mm -hmm. leaving and rebuilding Mm -hmm. that. What courage it takes. Um, What advice might you have for any of our listeners who is beginning that journey on embarking for themselves um, change and, and rebuilding and restoration? The one, the, the one thing that was a, a cornerstone for me, if you will, was realizing I was in an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we really don't talk about that enough. Right. Um, you know, there's so much about depression and anger and, and hopelessness, but all of that stuff points back to our identity. Mm-hmm. And if we truly knew our identity in Christ, mm-hmm. our identity in the cross, mm-hmm. the fact that we were created in the heart of the Father before the foundation of the earth mm-hmm. and can understand that our identity is the image of Christ. It's mm-hmm. the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is the breath of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, the identity. Uh, I had to figure out who I was, Mm -hmm. and I had to understand that my journey wasn't the, oh, I had this encounter and everything changed in that moment, because that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. Um, As I take three steps forward, well, I'd fall, Mm -hmm. slide, or tumble five steps back. And that was, I called it my yo-yo life, because I was Mm -hmm. in a yo-yo situation for so long and you're right when if we did know mm-hmm. if I had known what was going to transpire when I moved out to Tennessee when the Lord called me out here in 2016 I would have looked at him and said oh no 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 let mm-hmm. me just be a stay-at-home wife I'll take care of my husband mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be a good mom yeah uh, but it was in those trials and in that suffering that I was going through a refiner's fire Mm -hmm. and it's because of that because of the refiner's fire because of the suffering uh because of the digging and you got to dig and you got to go deep and and you really have to be fearless in your fear if that makes sense you really do um, because what is on the other side? It's like a, a, it's a believer's boot camp. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, and I posted on our one of our social media pages for Whispers of Hope not too long ago. Courage is not the absence of fear. Right. It's, it's action in the midst of it. Absolutely. It's you know, it's I'm afraid, but uh, I'm going to do mm-hmm. this anyway. And mm-hmm. so, wow, Janelle, that's mm-hmm. awesome. It's so rich and so relevant for anybody that's going to be going through that. It's such a good thing. Um, I'm excited for you. I'm, it's my understanding that you're in the process of writing your first 
first book. You want to share some of the details with us about that? I like how you were just prophetic and said my first book. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody say that, but I'll take it. I, uh, I have a heart to share and I have a heart to love and encourage people. I have definitely discovered that my, one of my gifts is encouragement. It gives me such joy to encourage people. Mm -hmm. And my mom, she will tell me how much she honors me because I encourage when she knows that I'm in a place where I can encourage myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And with my book, I want to tell my story Mm -hmm. while shining a spotlight on his story Mm -hmm. because of what he did at the cross is a reason why I'm sitting here today able to share my testimony. It's the grace, the unlimited grace. It's the grace when we choose to um, step out, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the grace that covers us when we make a rash decision. It's the mercy that follows us. It's the truth of His promises. I always say He's so faithful to all of His promises. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is full of so many promises. And it's because of those promises that I'm able to tell my story. That's right. In this book. And prior to ever dancing, because of my, my abuse, I always have said, one person. Just one. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because I know if that one person says just one person, Mm -hmm. and that one person, and I know the way my Holy Spirit moves, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely want my book to be a book of hope Mm -hmm. and, and spotlighting His glory. Amen. So fabulous. Well, I can't wait. And I want the first copy. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all yours. Janelle, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so proud of the woman that you are and everything that you're becoming and getting to walk alongside you and just do life with you. It's an absolute pleasure. I can't wait after you get done with your book to have you back on the air to promote it and to talk about it. And I just know it's going to be phenomenal. So thank you so much for your willingness to come on and share. And we can't wait to have you back. That was so powerful. I hope that you all enjoyed that as much as I did. It's such a privilege and an honor to get to be a platform where women who have overcome so much get to come and share their victories and their triumphs and to encourage other women to have the faith in the obedience to step out in that and do the same. So what an honor for that. We're going to move along with our segments um, today and going to have Miss Abby Bailey share with us about an orphan spirit. And this is something that was brand new to me. Abby had to educate me on what that meant and then what that looked like. And so it's very intriguing to me. And once she called it out, I immediately was able to call to mind several women that I feel like are operating in that. And so it's just very interesting. I am invite each of you as you're listening to self-examine 
and to see if that's something that fits well with you or maybe a dear friend, someone that you know. And there is a portion where Abby is going to guide me through prayer. And if that is something that you feel like you need to do yourself, I just invite you to to go ahead and speak that out loud too, to pray it off of you and to make those declarations over yourself. So just thank you so much for joining us. And I just pray that you enjoy this as you listen in. Welcome back, friends. This is Sally, and I've got Abby Bailey here with me for another week, and we're excited to to dive in and share with you what the Lord has prepared. Um, If you're joining us for the first time, we're glad you're here. And um, Abby has been sharing with us for the past couple of weeks about finding your identity in Christ and um, just progressively how we can build that and what we can do. And so, Abby, you were sharing with me about... um, an orphan spirit and i just wanted to hear more about that you tell us a little bit about what that means what that is well an orphan spirit is a spirit that attaches to us and attacks our identity it usually is um, something that comes out of trauma it is a spirit that that speaks fatherlessness over us Um, that gives us a false identity. Actually, there is an orphan spirit operating over America with all of the, you know, we just have an epidemic of fatherless children, a whole generation. In fact, I've read a statistic that stated in America, there are more children without fathers in the home now than there were post-World War II. Mm. So it is truly a a spirit of the age. But, you know, for me, it, it really attached at a very young age it's like I said through trauma normally it becomes a mindset it can be a generational mindset it brings feelings of rejection abandonment you feel unloved unwanted um, unworthy all of those feelings kind of propel you into comparison which I've always said comparison is a thief of joy mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is a very you know sad and kind of um, and I, I would say it's clever in a sense that it, it, it disguises itself pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I probably grew up with it, but didn't it wasn't identified until I was much older. But, you know, Revelations 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so all I can testify to is that I know what I used to feel like, and I know what it's like once I got set free from that. Right. And... You know, I was abandoned in the hospital by, by my birth father, and my mom remarried, and at a very young age, in a very traumatic way, I found out that he was not my father. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of, it made sense in the moment because it explained why he treated his two daughters that were close in age behind me differently than he treated me, but it just also reaffirmed that lie that you're not wanted Mm -hmm. Um, your birth father didn't want you here's another person that doesn't want you and so I really did have that that traumatic feeling of fatherlessness of not having anybody that really wanted me Um, and I struggled with it for a long time I can remember being in Bible study and trying to apply words and truth and just feeling like there was a, a block to it like I couldn't really understand or wrap my my 
understanding wouldn't come. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like, I, I hear what this is saying, but I'm not sure what that looks like for me. Mm-hmm. And I can remember crying out to God about it and him speaking to my heart that he would not take a slave mentality into a promised land. Mm-hmm. And so I really became devoted to, okay, I whatever this mindset is, I want it gone. Um, and I did. But, you know, my life wasn't, it didn't, it didn't parallel what I was reading. You know, John... 836 says when the whom the sun sets free is free indeed and Romans 12 2 says renew your mind that you'll be able to test and prove what is God's will his good pleasing and perfect will and we um, we moved to Tennessee under some really hard financial circumstances And the whole time we had been seeking God and I just kept going back to that, like, Lord, I've been renewing my mind all these years. I've been doing Bible study. You know, I I don't know what else I can do. And I remember someone talking to me about going to some inner healing at the church that we were going to at the time. And I was in the, in the class. And I remember one of the leaders saying to me, I feel like you have an orphan mindset or an orphan spirit has attached to you. And I was kind of like you, what is that? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had had some conversations with the Lord in that season of transition too. And, you know, I felt like at one point he had said to me, you love Jesus, you adore him and you respect and you revere the Holy Spirit, but God, the father, you don't trust. And in the midst of all those hard times and all that transition that I did not understand, my response was, Do you blame me? Right. I still feel like the stepdaughter. Like, I, 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 I see all the promises in your word, but it, it doesn't feel like it applies to me. Mm-hmm. And so when someone later said that to me, I said, okay, well, what is an orphan spirit? And then they just, they right. described it. So how do you, what did you, once you got it called out of you, kind of how did you move forward with that? How did you Well, I'm just so that? thankful for people mm-hmm. that are, that can flow in words of knowledge and that are in the prophetic and that are willing to maybe say a hard word to someone like, Hey, I think you have an orphan spirit that, you know, that's not always what you want to hear. Right. But for me, it was life changing. Mm-hmm. It really did. It, it led to my freedom. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of led me through the steps and I'll share them with you. Um, the first thing to do is to recognize that you have it mm-hmm. or that it could be a factor or something that in your thinking and your mentality. And then we repent for it. We repent for agreeing with it. We are, we repent for agreeing with anything that the lie said to us in any capacity of that lie. And that essentially is a promise of first John one nine that we're, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive our sins. Mm-hmm. So we always repent. If there's anything like that, that we've taken in as part of our identity or a lie of the enemy, that's the next thing we break any agreements with it. We renounce it which actually means saying out loud that we are going to take it to the cross because Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him, meaning the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So when we renounce it, we speak it out loud, that word of our testimony that nails it to the cross. And that means that the enemy can't, he can't touch us with it anymore. The blood is covering it. The payment is done. Mm -hmm. So now we are removing it from us. We are nailing it to the cross. And then we are declaring the truth over it and the truth over us. And that we are a child of God Mm -hmm. whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And we are free. 
Right. And so when I had the revelation and everything that they described to me and this person just began to flow and what they were hearing from the Holy Spirit and they read my mail, every encounter, every instance, things they couldn't have possibly known in that moment, I knew, okay, this is the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is what he meant all those years ago when he was talking about a slave mentality. He wanted me to know him as father. Mm -hmm. And I didn't trust him. And I didn't have the faith because I didn't believe who I was. I didn't have that mindset of being a child of God. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was life-changing. It really did. It, it Getting free of that, it began the journey of truly renewing my mind. Yeah. And so I just, I mean, we can pray if you'd like. like we can walk through the steps together. Sure. Um, and you might have already covered this, but for somebody that doesn't have someone to point it out for them, what what are some things that they may be able to self-examine to see if they're doing um, to kind of know to just you know self-evaluate and see is that me does that apply to me right so if you struggle with always feeling inadequate mm -hmm. um, not really maybe you come from a fatherless situation you don't have um, anybody mm -hmm. in that role maybe the person in that role is not a great role model and you have tried to enter into relationship with God and you don't feel like you are worthy of his love. You don't feel like you are enough. Um, you love him. You love what he did, but you can't truly accept any of his promises over you. Maybe there's an internal struggle or I want to believe, help me with my unbelief, but you mm -hmm. just can't seem to make it line up. Mm -hmm. If you feel like there are uh, abandonment, constant, you're worried about being abandoned, you, you're worried about other people abandoning you. Um, if you feel like you're constantly in this, in this place of unhappiness and maybe even jealousy comparing your life to what others have. Mm -hmm. Um, you feel like maybe you'll never, you're never going to get a blessing or, you know, you're never going to deserve it. Or who am I to think that I could have those things? Any of that kind of thing mm -hmm. is stemming from a lie of fatherlessness. And that is an orphan spirit. Gotcha. And so sometimes it's actually generational. It's something that we were raised in. Mm -hmm. Perhaps our parents walked in it. Um, and it was passed down. And the Bible talks about the sins of the fathers being passed down to the next generation. The good news is, is that once we do identify it and get free of it, the blessings are to thousands of generations. Right. So our children mm -hmm. don't have to, our future generations don't have to be bound in those same issues. Amen. Yeah, well, I would love it if you would walk us through prayer. Yes. That'd be wonderful. Um, let's just pray. Let, and I, you know what? I'll just pray, and then I'll ask you to repeat after me. Okay. And then that way, any of the listeners that may feel like this is applying to them, or it's something that they feel like maybe is struck in a, it struck a chord inside, and they want to cry out, they will have the tools yeah, to be absolutely. able to get free right where they're at. Because that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. That's the beauty of our God, is mm -hmm. that He is omnipresent. Yes. You cry out to Him. It doesn't matter if you're driving to work. It doesn't matter if you're at home by yourself. It doesn't matter if you are in the shower, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter where you are, Right, you cry out to the Lord and he is there. That yeah. is the beauty of his heart for us. So yes. yes, Lord, I just ask you right now for all the listeners, for us in this room, that you would guide and that you would help us find our freedom in you mm -hmm. and that we would be able to be set free from this yes, orphan Lord. spirit, that we would find our true identity in you and who you created each of us to be as your children. Mm -hmm. So, Sally, 
let's just start with I'm going to lead the prayer and you just repeat after me. Okay. Keep it simple yes, as much is. as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, dear Lord. Dear Lord. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For accepting. For accepting. An orphan spirit. An orphan spirit. Over my identity. Over my identity. For coming into agreement. For coming into agreement. With any lies of the orphan spirit. With any lies of the orphan spirit. Forgive me for walking. Forgive me for walking. In agreement. In agreement. In a spirit of abandonment. In a spirit of abandonment. Fatherlessness. Fatherlessness. Comparison. Comparison. Rejection. Rejection. Or any of the other. Or any of the other. Attributes of an orphan. Attributes of an orphan. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That you call me. That you call me. A child of God. A child of God. And that I have full access to you. And that I have full access to you. And all of your promises. And all of your promises. I break all agreements. I break all agreements. With an orphan spirit. With an orphan spirit. And I renounce it. And I renounce it. I nail it to the cross. I nail it to the cross. And I declare over myself. And I declare over myself that all mindsets, that all mindsets, curses, curses, oaths, oaths, and any witchcraft, and any witchcraft tied to an orphan spirit, tied to an orphan spirit, is broken off of my life, is broken off of my life. I am free. I am free. I am your child. I am your child. And Lord, and Lord, I ask you to renew my mind. I ask you to renew my mind. Change my thoughts. Change my thoughts. And speak your truth. And speak your truth. In every area. In every area. That this spirit became a mindset. That this spirit became a mindset. I bind up an orphan mindset. I bind up an orphan mindset. Over me. Over me. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. And I just wanted to remind, too, that, you know, we have the promise in Colossians 2.14 that the legal indebtedness to sin was taken at the cross. Amen, yes. And so in that process of recognizing it, breaking agreements with it, repenting it, and nailing it to the cross, that is the legal as as aspect of the spiritual realm. I don't know how else to say it. That is the legal rights the enemy has in the spiritual realm to be there are now broken. Mm-hmm. It's like we filed the paperwork with heaven mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's divorced. It's right. gone. There's right. no more association. And, you know, I was legally adopted by my stepdad later in my life. Um, a lot of healing came later. And I remember when I got that new identity and I took on his name, all records of my old identity were gone. Mm-hmm. My birth certificate was reissued. My social security was reissued. There was no trace of the old. Right. It was all new. And that's the promise we have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That when we break those legal ties with the enemy and those sins and those lies over us and we nail them to the cross, that we have that new identity and there's no trace of the old. So for anyone who maybe just walked through this and said, oh, I... I I needed that. That's what's been going on. I want to just assure you, mm-hmm. the enemy has no more legal rights to you. Amen. So if any more thoughts come after today to your mind that you have been abandoned, rejected, that you don't have a father, you need to let him know 
no, you have no rights to me. You have no access to me. I am a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is my beloved and I am his. Mm -hmm. And he has to flee. That's right. And you begin to declare that truth that this was taken at the cross. All of my indebtedness to that sin is gone. Mm -hmm. I have the promise of that. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That is the truth over me. Mm -hmm. And that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive them. I have been forgiven. You can't touch this. Amen. Yes, that's so powerful, Abby. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being willing because it's a hard thing to be transparent. Um, There's a vulnerability that comes with any form of prophecy, I feel like, or calling out a spirit attachment or something like that that's not completely mainstream, maybe in whatever denomination you've been familiarized with and whatever experience you've had with church, um, that that isn't something that happened in yours. And so there's a vulnerability that comes with that, but you were obedient and shared it so that other people could be touched. And so I'm just really appreciative for you being willing to do it. And I just know that there was a listener out there, even if it was just one, you know, Christ does it for the one. And so even if it was just one, it was for a reason. And so I just really appreciate you coming on and I can't wait to see what the Lord has in store. I pray it blesses someone. And I know that, you know, that's the thing about it, whether you know what to call it or the words you need to put around it. Um, the enemy is not specific to denominations. He doesn't Mm -hmm. follow those rules. Those are man-made rules. That's right. He attacks everyone. Mm-hmm. And and I just feel like, you know, I'm by sharing my testimony, I'm prophesying the blood of Jesus over someone. Mm-hmm. He did it for me. He's no respecter of persons. What he's done for me, he'll do for someone else. Amen. So I pray that they're blessed. Yes. Thank In you Jesus so name. much. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Okay, that's a wrap for this week. We look forward to the next episode with anticipation. We're going to be interviewing more more women each week with their testimony and the way they've been able to overcome. We've got some special guests coming up to involve us or to educate us in trauma and how that manifests itself in our, in our lives, what it looks like. We're really excited to share that and just um, a multitude of other things that are in store for upcoming episodes we're really excited about so pray that you would continue to listen in and to be transformed as god's constantly working on all of us there's always things that we can be more aware of things that our eyes can be open to so just pray that um that you would be moved by by the things that are being brought to the table and we just thank you so much for listening in i just say a special prayer of provision and protection over each woman listening this week that any schemes against them would be unsuccessful and that they would be able to thrive lord and we just thank you for their presence here that they were willing to come and listen for just a little bit and i just pray that your hand is over them throughout the next couple of days in jesus name amen <music>